This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. I'm your host, Ben Krakowski, and it is draft week. We all know that we are just two days away now uh, from the NFL draft. And so today, I want to do uh, one of our mock drafts to really help you envision what I think may be the best way to move forward with this draft and, and where I'm seeing the value on the overall consensus draft board. So, the overall con- consensus draft board from the Athletic has been released, and that and the fact of the matter is, as I look at the upcoming draft, the real value in this draft seems to be in the second round as some of my favorite value selections are still being undervalued by the overall consensus out there. This means that while some players you have heard me mention before as players I would draft in the first round, um, the Packers may not need to because they could wait or even trade back and still be able to draft these guys later on. So for this mock draft, this is an ideal mock draft. If I'm the Packers, um, ideally, this is what happened. I'm trading out of the first round twice, and here's why. The overall consensus board tells us the players the Packers would be most interested in, especially receivers, will either be drafted way ahead of where the Packers are selecting or much further after, value-wise, on the board. So now if there is a team out there that is trying to trade back into the first round because a guy they love is falling down draft boards, the Packers need to jump on that, okay? And that's what I have them doing in this mock draft. So for this mock draft, right away, you're going to see the Packers trade back with the Jets um, to trade their first first round pick for second round pick for the Jets' top two second round picks, pick 35 and pick 38. And then at pick 28, the Packers would trade back with Seattle, giving up 28 and 53, for picks 40, 41, and 109. Okay, now, so the Packers still basically, they got four picks for five picks. So really didn't gain a ton of value, you wouldn't think, yet the value is there, and I will show you why. You're going to see all this start to play out is because there's a lot about to happen, okay? There's a lot of trades I mentioned here in this draft, and you're going to see them all start to really come together. And so with the two Jets picks, I do make selections. I don't trade back. And those players are offensive tackle. Bernard Raymond is the first one out of Central Michigan at pick 35. Ryman, we've talked about him a ton. He's one of my favorite players in this draft. This is a guy who played the offensive tackle position for just two seasons after switching from tight end to offensive tackle just two years ago after being in the Army in Austria, coming to America. In his second year as a starter, he was the second highest graded offensive tackle in the country. He has dream character, is willing to take feedback, works harder than almost any other prospect in the draft. And those are like character traits we have heard interviews talk about, but he's a heck of an athlete. Obviously, starting out his college days at tight end, showed that at the combine. And because he's really only played only a total of 18 games in college at left tackle, I think he can be flexible about playing right tackle for the Packers moving forward. And that's very important. 
right now on the offensive line, we truly don't have a starting right tackle on the roster. The only guy who would be able to start there this year is Josh Neisman. Okay. Elton Jenkins probably won't be playing till late in the year, like week 15 playoffs types of late. Okay. This would give the Packers a formidable duo at tackle while still having a dominant player like Elton Jenkins when he is healthy, come back on the interior, giving us a better and more impressive offensive line overall. But right now, Ryman is being very, very undervalued by the NFL community. On the overall consensus draft board, Ryman is the 35th ranked player, while PFF has him ranked as their 18th best player best player. This is because the NFL is seeing his age as a negative. While I understand that, he's only played the position for two seasons, so I think that's what you should be valuing. And that's why PFF has him so high on their board. I think if you can get Ryman in round two, that's insane value for a guy who has the potential for the highest ceiling of any offensive tackle prospect in this draft, I think. Because truly, other than arm length, his his burst, uh, his uh, agility scores are some, are some of the most important predictors, and he has some of the best scores in the entire draft class. So sign me up for Ryman anywhere in the second round and you have yourself a steal. And then at pick 38, the other Jets selection we, we traded uh, out of from pick 22, there's reason uh, I would be selecting wide receiver George Pickens. Obviously, this is freaky. It's tr- it's freaky trading back and being like, crap, are we not going to get a receiver? Because there's so many teams that could draft a receiver. Um, but there's reason to believe based off the overall consensus draft board, that George Pickens would be available here at pick 38. Okay, he's the 38th ranked player, or 40th ranked player on the overall consensus consensus draft board. And George Pickens is not being valued super highly because he's coming off an ACL surgery. That, And when he came off that, he kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't say he rushed his recovery, but he wasn't fully himself yet. Um, and so it hampered his ability to, on the field this season. We probably didn't get to see a George Pickens who is as athletic as he actually is at the combine either because of that recovery. So I think we need to think about his measurables a little higher than he currently measured in at. What makes Pickens possibly special though, is that he came onto the scene at a, at such a young age and a great indicator for college NFL success is war. And the war wins above average Pickens created per 1,000 snaps is as elite as any other receiver in this draft class. It's just that Pickens didn't have as many snaps as the rest of these top guys. I'm not sure exactly why he's able to do what he does. Uh, we talked about this a lot with Jamar Chase last year, if you'd listen to draft experts, but he won and you're like, I'm not sure how he's doing it, but he's doing it. Um, uh, he's special, but he is, and he has the attitude on the field, that physicalness that makes him special on every play. What holds Pickens back for me is that he's missing that for sure athleticism, just a little bit of unknown. If we would have seen that elite play this season, had he been fully healthy, he'd be a first-round pick. But on the overall consensus draft board, he's ranked 40th overall. PFF has him as a 28th ranked player. This is the perfect way to continue to balance out your board and play to the public as well to get the best deal. Now, with the next two picks, okay, these are the picks the Packers got in the Seattle trade earlier. I, I assume in this trade scenario, the Seattle wants to get a quarterback. They didn't draft one at nine. They're coming up to get Desmond Ritter or something like that. And so we could trade back again. Now, with trade, we could trade back, uh, pick 40, pick 41, okay? So the trade back would include uh, trades with the Chiefs, 
in New England. And basically, I'm not going to list everything that happens here, but basically the Packers are able to manipulate by getting rid of a couple day three selections, which I don't think are that important. Um, and tr- moving back from 40 and 41 to get an extra second round pick. So they would have 50, 53, 62, and 103 after this is all said and done. By getting rid of some day three picks, moving back some of these second round picks, 10, 15, 20 spots back. And so, and this is a great move for the Packers, okay, to gain all that draft capital a little bit later on so they can have more higher quality picks uh, here in the second round. And one extra guy to get even more draft picks is I have the Packers trading up again to pick 47 from by trading to the Washington Commanders, Jordan Love. Okay, uh, in this ideal mock draft, the Packers, there's no reason to have Jordan Love on your roster. The Washington uh, Commanders, though, they have just traded for Carson Wentz. Now, I understand they had to trade a couple third-round picks to do so. This is a second-round pick they want to be able to value, they want to be able to have on their team. But I think they have to look at themselves. And I think they have to say, we are not that talented of a football team. They want to be. They would like to be. I know they're not a great uh, division in the NFC East, so they have a chance to win if Carson Wentz does play well. I know that. But I think they also need to realize we need to figure out what the heck's going to happen at quarterback because we're probably not going to have a top 10 pick next year because we have Carson Wentz on our roster, because we have a decent football team. And so we need to figure out, hey, is Carson Wentz the guy? Because if not, we need to like figure out who is. Let's bring in Jordan Love. Let's see if he's the guy. If not, okay, then we got to move on for both those guys. They are not the future of our football team. Carson Wentz next season can be cut for $0. Like It will cost the uh, Washington football team $0 to cut him. They would get complete savings from his contract. Okay, so that is huge for them because they don't have the risk of being like, ah, we have to keep him because it just costs too much money. No, if they don't like Carson Wentz after the season, they will simply cut him or they will trade him for like a seventh round pick or a fifth round pick to somebody. And so with this trade, getting rid of Jordan Love, finally getting him out of the building, uh, not because I don't like Jordan Love because he doesn't make sense there. Um, His value is most used in a different scenario. And I have the Packers here selecting wide receiver Sky Moore out of Western Michigan. Now, even though I, Sky Moore, I believe, is the better receiver, the general public feels differently. That's why this is the second receiver drafted for the Packers, even though I think Sky Moore is better than George Pickens. Uh, Moore is the 57th ranked overall player, while PFF has him ranked as the second, second, 22nd uh, uh, ranked player on the draft board. So... Uh, this was the highest grade receiver in the country last year. Nobody could stop this guy. He gets open. His release package is insane. He makes you miss the line of scrimmage. And it wasn't just last season. He had the second highest receiving grade among the group of five receivers since 2019. His concern going in the combine, he wasn't going to be fast enough, but he was. He ran a 4-4-1 40-yard dash, decent jumps, good short shuttle. Even his three cone was a little slower than I wanted, but he has 31-inch arms, giant hands, Sky Moore reminds me of Julian Edelman with his ability to get open. Also kind of reminds me of Antonio Brown as well. His size might make you think he can only win on the slot, but in reality, 
I'm not concerned with him on the outside. Both Julian Edelman and Antonio Brown won all over the field, and Sky can do just that. Uh, at times, even Sky would get bracketed in coverage and still be able to get open. He's the biggest hands of any receiver at the combine, so able to catch in traffic even with a smaller frame. And this is a guy who played cornerback in QB in high school before switching to receiver. So the position is kind of new to him, and it made sense why he wasn't playing at some huge FBS program. And what this guy does so well that also made Devontae Adams so good was his ability to shake press coverage. It makes sense why he's one of the only receivers to ever have a 10-yard split in less than one and a half seconds. And Sky Moore did it in just 1.38 seconds because he has an unbelievable first step explosive speed. Even though his top speed isn't amazing, this makes him special. And it makes sense why he's so good at the start of his route tree. Not only that, but he's a yak monster. He was breaking tackles left and right. FES high 26 broken tackles at the wide receiver position last year. He had the number two overall yards per route run. Number two staple yards per route run out of the 20, uh, 24 major receivers in this draft. Um, one area of concern for Sky Moore, which is pushing him down draft boards, his level of competition, his... Uh, and... Uh, not being the most athletic guy in the world, um, but is his modest open rate on staple targets. So he was fourth in this cl- class behind Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jamison Williams in generating a step or more separation. It's the main reason he's kind of in the second round, late second round place on the overall consensus board. I truly believe, though, Sky Moore has the potential to be a go-to receiver for Ian Rodgers with his route running ability. I think he could be your go-to receiver, a type of 1B wide receiver, one of my favorite value additions in the entire draft amidst a very deep group of receivers. And now you got George Pickens, Sky Moore, wide receiver one, wide receiver two, Sammy Watkins, a vertical threat, Al Nazard, your play action, run blocking, amazing guy, same as Sammy Watkins, really run blocking great, and Randall Cobb, you're just your, your slot wide receiver, and you still have Amari Rodgers, okay? That is a great new group of wide receivers for your team. Then at pick 50, the Packers get interior defense lineman Perrion Winfrey out of Oklahoma. So Winfrey played nose tackle at Oklahoma, very misused, very undersized there. This didn't look good in college because of that, but Winfrey is not a nose tackle. He's a bit more like a three tech, a possibly five tech, not playing over the center. He's just 292 pounds. And we saw how he could perform at that new position at the senior bowl. His first step quickness was better than any defensive lineman in mobile. He's got long 35 inch arms. Um, and at 290 pounds, he can hold his ground in the running game even, but also he has that smaller frame to get skinny and wreak havoc quickly in the backfield in every snap. Okay. He even beat up Zion Johnson at the Senior Bowl, and who was a surefire first-round pick. And so, even though Perron Winfrey did not play, he played mostly nose tackle in college. He still led the Big Twelve in pressures over the last two seasons with fifty-six. So, Winfrey, I think, has the potential to be truly special in the NFL when he moves to that three-four defensive end type of position. Okay, and he proved his case at the combine with his 99th percentile arm length. He had incredible speed score, 84th percentile volunteer defensive lineman. And he's the youngest of every single major interior defensive lineman in this draft class at just over 21 and a half years old. Okay. 
carry on Winfrey, I think, is a steal in the second round. He's the 59th overall player on the consensus draft board. And here, we're getting him at pick 50 a little early, but I, I don't consider that a reach by any means. And then at pick 62, the final second round pick, the Packers were able to acquire. Uh, the Packers would get edge rusher Drake Jackson out of USC. Now, what makes Drake Jackson special is his age and development, okay? And Drake Jackson literally just turned 21, almost two years younger than Arnold Abiketti, another major edge rusher, okay, who is being considered in the second round. But Drake Jackson has 79th percentile arm length. On tape, you see a true edge rusher who has serious bend to get around the edge quickly, but this guy is still growing into his body, okay? He most recently played at 257 pounds last season, but at his pro day, he got all the way up to 273 pounds, but it was seriously good weight. Still had insane agility numbers, some of the best in this class at his size. So to me, Drake Jackson may need more of a year to develop, probably he wouldn't have the same year one impact some of these other second round edge rushers might have, but easily would be more impactful in year two. I truly believe this guy could be elite by year three of his NFL career. I think because of that, I would rather have Drake Jackson, especially consider how much this kid is still growing and just the fact that he dominated at such a young age in college. Okay. Really like Jake Jackson, Drake Jackson on the edge. He's now a bigger edge rusher, but still has great bend, great speed which the Packers really do like. Um, so, and then with the Packers third round pick at pick 92, the Packers get safety Kirby Joseph out of Illinois. One of the surest tacklers at safety in the draft, 10 missed tackles over his full career at safety. Phenomenal special teamer. And the biggest reason why he's a special is that he is one of two safeties in the big 10 since 2015 to have 90 plus coverage grade in a season. Okay. And he did that this last year in 2021. Kirby Joseph isn't extremely athletic, but he's athletic enough and he's fluid and a natural quick mover at the safety position. And he is a ball hawk. Okay. Joseph will scare a few teams away because he couldn't secure a starting role until his final season, but he is just 21 and a half years old. So he's not super old by any means. He had a couple good uh, actual safety prospects in front of him. And then at pick 103, one of the trades, one of the another fourth round pick we got in one of these trades i would have the packers trading back with baltimore for picks 139 141 and then we have a bunch of more draft picks to kind of run through i'm not going to tell you where the rest of these trades if there's more trades or anything we're just going to run through the rest of these and the important thing to realize is some of these guys we've talked about before but it's crazy that i'm able to get these guys at these locations so i pick 132 I'd get cornerback Zion McCullen out of Sam Houston State. McCullen, that was a guy um, who put together a very good 2021 season. And then at the combine, he backed that up. Incredible numbers. And I think he's being really undervalued by the draft community because he had a 4-3-3 40-yard dash. We know Gutekinds loves the 40-yard dash. He had incredible explosiveness, 39.5-inch vertical, 132-inch broad, great change of direction ability, sub 6.53 cone, sub 4-second short shuttle, all incredible numbers. The only ding for him is he has less than 31-inch arms. But on day three, that that's not vital. That's great depth to add to your cornerback room. That's just an athletic steal. And then we do the same thing at the edge rusher position with Amari Barno out of Virginia Tech at pick 139. Barno... At six foot six, 245 pounds, ran a 4.36 40 yard dash, a 10 yard split of 154, which is insane. 
This type of athleticism is unheard of at his height and weight. That's a hundredth percentile speed score, 92nd percentile burst score. That was the fastest time by an edge rusher since 2003. Barno is another developmental edge rusher for the Packers because of his weight and speed. Uh, though the Packers could use him to drop into coverage every now and then, like they do with sometimes with Preston Smith for whatever reason. And then he wouldn't be a liability to throw off opposing offenses by dropping back into coverage because he is fast. Um, he has some versatility that the I think the Packers' current edge rusher group doesn't have. I really taking like taking a chance on this athleticism, getting him in the building. He had something very unique to our pass rushing group as sort of that wide nine uh, edge rusher type of guy, uh, speed rusher sort of guy who I would love to get in the building. I think perfect complement to Drake Jackson, who now looks to be playing at a weight of two in the two seventies. And now the Packers have four edge rushers; they're pumped about. Okay. Then at pick 159, because the Packers trade away Jordan Love, here is where they can draft QB Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky. We just talked about him in our last uh, podcast, but he's every single stable metric out there, okay, of all the top QBs in the draft, he was the second best QB when it came to adding up all those measurables, all those stable metrics that are the most important to project into the NFL. And another thing is... Zappy knows how to effectively run an offense and stay in the offense because uh, Zappy had the lowest percentage of all the top QBs in this draft of someone who does not create pressure for himself. Okay, and that's really hard to unteach. It's really hard to get a guy to stay within the offense and hit his reads and get the ball out quickly. And Bailey Zappy does just that. Okay, incredible. FBS break, uh, record-breaking season this last year with 62 touchdowns, over 6,000 yards. Okay, um, uh, Zappi is an incredible player. He reminds me of Drew Brees. I'm not saying he is Drew Brees, but he has those tools, the things that made Drew Brees great is kind of what makes uh, Bailey Zappi great. And he's going to need a lot of time. Okay, he's, he's only played in the FBS level uh, for one season. He's going to need a lot of time, but the Packers have a lot of time. Aaron Rodgers is on a three-year contract. Bailey Zappi might need, I think he would need two years to develop. Aaron Rodgers needed two or three years to develop. And I think Bailey Zappi being ready to start in year four is a total possibility. And you get him in the fifth round here, that's awesome. Then at pick 162, the Packers start to come back and address this offensive line. Okay, the Packers don't have very much depth on their offensive line. And so here they get Zach Tom, interior offensive lineman, out of Wake Forest. So in college, Zach played left tackle. He, he was amazing in his final season, 92.1 pass blocking grade. But he doesn't have the arm length probably to um, stick at tackle in the NFL. So he's going to be an interior offensive lineman. And Tom, he is an older prospect. He turns 23 later this week. But I truly believe um, uh, he's still worth taking a chance on because of his elite athleticism. He tested out almost identically to Tyler Linderbaum, but with but at a much larger weight. Um, he had that so important sub four five short shuttle, um, and his phenomenal play in college was at left tackle. Okay, that's a hard position to play, and I think that really shows how good Tom could be converting uh, to the inside. I think he would be a steal as the 163rd overall player, and I think he could compete and become the starter over a guy like Royce Newman. Um, and then at pick 166, we get Kellen Deesh offensive tackle out of Arizona State. Okay, I know we drafted an offensive tackle already in Bernard Ryman. He's going to be our starting right tackle. But Kellen Deesh, 
this late in the draft is special, and here's why. Um, he had a slow start to career. He only had one real full season to prove himself, and he did just that this last year at Arizona State, 87.2 overall grade. Then he went to the US Shrine Bowl and never lost a snap. And I get it's the East-West Shrine Bowl, but like never a rep in one-on-ones or the game or anything. He was phenomenal, and we saw why at the combine. He had a 4-4-3 short show, top numbers in almost every single category. Honestly, he has the movement skills like David Bakhtiari, but at six foot seven. He doesn't have the strength yet to hold up in the NFL, I'd say. If he can add that over a year or two, he could be special in the NFL at left tackle. This is a developmental guy at tackle, a great swing tackle from day one. Um, and he's the 174th ranked overall player, uh, but with the def- potential to develop if he can add that strength, okay? Because, and he is being valued this late because he's 24 and a half years old. But I think he's worth developing as your left tackle of the future. Okay. And then at 179, uh, you get safety Tyson Anderson out of Toledo. We need more depth at uh, safety. And here's another way for the Packers to do that. And this is an athletic freak. Okay. Six foot two, 39 pounds, 33 inch arms, four through 640. Great explosive numbers. Insane six, six, four, three cone, four, two, eight short shuttle. This guy could be special just athletically. Definitely a guy who can develop into something special on the field. He's a fifth-year senior, and that's why he's available this late in the draft. He didn't really play well um, in 2021 because at Toledo, he played sock cornerback in 2021. But he did his best work in 2020, and that was the season he played safety. I think he's going to be overlooked by NFL teams because they think he's played poorly at sock cornerback. We're not asking him to play sock cornerback. We're asking him to go back to safety, his best position. I think he could be a steal later in the draft because of that. And then finally, my last pick would be a wide receiver, Isaiah Weston. Um, Weston is one of the best athletes at wide receiver in this draft class. The only player close to Christian Watson in both speed score and spork score is Isaiah Weston. Yet, he's not been a very productive receiver in college, and he's already 24 and a half years old. But for a true deep threat in the seventh round, this is all you could really ask for. I think he can be a vertical threat. Tries to help your team win deep down the field, but at the worst, he's one of the best gunners on your team because of his insane athleticism, okay? Um, and then there's still a lot of guys who aren't going to be drafted that I really like. Undrafted free agents I like, running back Isaiah Pacheco, one of the most athletic running backs in the draft, okay? Incredible speed score for his size, okay? Center, Jason Poe, a guy who I think has the athletic, he definitely has the athleticism, but could develop into your future starting center. Slot receiver Devin Tompkins, one of the most productive receivers in college football last year, but he's five foot seven hundred and sixty pounds. Okay, then Edge Ali Fayad, a great developmental edge rusher, uh, edge slash linebacker Adam Anderson. He's the guy who had this legal issues against him right now. We'll have to see if those are for real. Um, if they are not, getting him as an undrafted free agent to come in, see what he can do from the linebacker position would be very unique. I'd be very curious to see what he can do. But he was a really good um, uh, edge rusher in college. And then linebacker slash safety, Tariq Carpenter, another athletic freak. He played safety in college, slot cornerback in college. I think he's going to transition to linebacker, though, in the NFL at 230 pounds. And I think at linebacker, he could be special. And then safety, Scott Nelson from Wisconsin. Um, just the athletic freak again at safety. He wasn't the most special player at Wisconsin. Uh, but if you can find what he does well, there is a chance for him. 
So while why I love this draft so much is that according to the overall consensus draft board, most of my favorite guys are being rated as much further down draft boards than I would have rated them. That means if teams are actually willing to trade back with you, you could be talking about adding draft capital while still drafting the guys you like the most, like you saw here. Well, yes, the Packers could have stayed put in this draft and drafted several of the players I mentioned, but had they done that, they would have drafted these players much earlier than they were rated on almost everyone's boards. This would mean that most of the players the Packers picked would have been reaches, and that's an issue because if you are consistently drafting players over where they are valued on the open market, you're going to have a lot of draft picks failed or you're going to be overpaying. I did a study comparing the draft to the overall consensus draft board and looked at the actual picks and compared them to where they were ranked on the overall consensus draft board over the last two seasons or two NFL drafts. Uh, No, three NFL drafts. Uh, I did 2019 and 2020. Okay, I didn't do 2021 because there wasn't enough information yet. But I determined whether a pick was a reach, so pick too early, a good range, or finally a steal, picked way too late. The data came out that GMs were happy with their selection 54% of the time when they made a steal of a pick, so drafting a guy who was rated much higher on the overall consensus draft board. But GMs would not have been happy with their selection had they made a a reach as GMs were only 13% accurate on picks they reached on. So in this draft scenario, the Packers rarely reached because of their patience to wait to draft the guys they like until the picks and value meet at around the same point, kind of that perfect meeting spot on your chart. Okay. Uh, According to the overall consensus draft board here in this draft, the Packers addressed the QB position. They traded away Jordan love and brought in one of my favorite QB prospects, Bailey Zappi, a day three pick, who is actually worth developing. And he, the understanding is that he needs a long time to develop at the NFL level. There's no pressure, okay? And then at receiver position, we added two guys capable of becoming wide receiver one types of talent, Sky Moore, George Pickens. And even though Sky Moore, to me, is the better player, I drafted George Pickens first because the value said, hey, everyone likes George Pickens. They don't like Sky Moore. You can draft George Pickens and Sky Moore. But if you drafted Sky Moore first, you probably wouldn't get uh, uh, George Pickens. So that's the way I had to do it. The Packers were able to fix their offensive line as well. Um, they got one of my favorite tackles in drafting, Brian Ryman, um, who will immediately start at right tackle. Kellen Deesh, I think, will develop into our future left tackle in two to three years, depending on David Bakhtiari's career. Um, and then Zach Tom, who will compete to, along the interior off of the offensive line for his starting spot, I think should win it over the likes of Royce Newman, making Newman our full-time swing guard, and Jason Poe, an undrafted free agent, to come in as our full-time backup center. Um, as In the possibility of beating out Josh Myers in the future, I totally believe that, as he gets more polished. Okay, and even, I forgot to mention, we got our deep threat wide receiver on top of Sammy Watkins in... Uh, Isaiah Weston in the seventh round. That's incredible, incredible value. And then most of our additions came on defense. The final piece of the puzzle on our interior defensive line, adding Perion Winfrey, the true 3-4 defensive end. Now we don't have to play Dean Lowry. Then we added some edge rusher depth, two guys who I truly believe has starter potential, Drake Jackson and Amari Barno. Then at quarterback, cornerback, the Packers add an athletic specimen with solid play in college um, in... uh, uh, McCollum, and then added two safeties, Tyson Anderson, Kirby Joseph, both of whom are some of the most more versatile safeties in this class, and both are redshirt 
shirt seniors, older prospects who, if needed to be called upon, should be ready day one in the NFL. This is the ideal mock draft. Okay. Not only will the Packers be unable to find trade partners all the time, like I did in this draft, but also many of these players I love will be drafted much higher than they are rated on the overall consensus draft board. But there are several more players who will probably be drafted later than when you see players falling down draft down the overall consensus draft board that you can snatch them up and be the team that's consistently getting great value and having a higher percentage of your picks becoming successful. This draft would give the Packers so many impactful rookies and impactful impactful players for years to come that would give the Packers a ton of flexibility to be honestly set up to win a Super Bowl over the next three seasons. So that's all we have today, folks. Make sure to stay tuned for more episodes of Packers Now. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review so I can hear what you guys think guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about Packers now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers now thanks guys